Welcome to Treasure Time Podcast, which is all about growing up happy. You're here with podcast hosts Sophia Giblin and Nicole McDonald, the founders of Treasure Time. And they're here to offer advice on building your children's resilience during difficult times. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday for bite-sized, playful tips and activities that can easily be implemented straight away to help support your family's mental and emotional health and well-being. Hey, it's Sophia. And it's Nicole. Welcome to the Treasure Time podcast, Growing Up Happy. Today's podcast is all about the fourth and fifth principles of treasure time, which are respecting our children's ability to solve problems and not rushing or hurrying the child. They're really intertwined because it is all around just giving children the space to work things out for themselves, which is really, really important. It can be so tempting for us as adults to take away the pain of seeing a child struggling with a problem, whatever that problem might be, whether it's that they can't unzip their coat or they can't get the lid off the Play-Doh. Sometimes we can feel it's quicker and easier and less painful for us just to do it ourselves. But this is a really good test for our patients when we can start thinking about how to allow children to solve their own problems and also giving them the time and space to do it. Nicole, how do you find this? Do you find it easy or hard to do? I think the whole topic is really, really interesting. It's sort of children's ability to solve problems. It's all part of creativity, isn't it? So this whole letting them experiment, take risks, make some mistakes. And basically giving something a go and figuring it out for themselves. So, you know, creativity for, for us is a big part of who we are as a family. And I, I really believe that all individuals are creative. They just have to let it bubble to the surface. So if you kind of ask me, do I respect, you know, children's ability to solve problems? And, and I'd say, absolutely, I do. Do I find it easy to do um, or hard? I find it really actually hard um, or harder than I thought. So it turns out when I think about the question, uh, I'd say I didn't actually do it as often as I thought I did maybe. So I'd, I'd like to think that we're very creative and I'd give all those opportunities. But what tends to happen with me is that my kind of nurturing motherly instinct to take care of them, you know, that head of household role of, nurturing kind of kicks in and, and overrides it. So I'd watch them struggle with whatever it was, you know, your examples are great, you know, pouring out milk into their cereal, you know, things that would be great for them to learn and are all little parts of becoming independent and growing up. And I'd be really fairly quick to offer help um, to them. So, you know, rescuing them for, from like struggling or, or, or sometimes rescuing them from making a mess. So that's just, you know, my own not wanting to have to tidy up half the milk carton all over the kitchen table type thing. But not realising, I suppose, that they didn't really need this help a lot of the time and maybe even most of the time. <laughs> uh, so probably if I'm being really, really honest, I didn't really create enough space and time for them to properly experiment at their own pace. And the, and the boys absolutely love experimenting. You know, all children do. It's so much fun to discover, you know, if I do X, this Y happens. Wow, you know, and I've made that happen. So it's kind of robbing them a little bit of that sense of achievement. Yeah, I think 
the, the examples that you gave are really good. And I suppose there is like a time and a space for allowing them to experiment and play is a brilliant time and space for allowing them to do that. But maybe in the morning when you're trying to get ready for school and they're pouring milk all over the, the kitchen table and the floor, maybe, you know, maybe that's not the best time. And maybe that <laughs> exactly. Um, just to save everybody the stress. But if they're, if they're in a play scenario and they're playing that with water and a bowl, then, and they're outside, then absolutely they've got the opportunity to learn how to do that. But it is so, it's really easy for us to, to jump to help. We kind of default into our habits and our adult timekeeping as well without asking ourselves, is it really important that things are done perfectly? And can we let children learn for now? So there's some good questions that you can ask yourself. And sometimes we think it's just easier and quicker for us to do it, but actually children need the, the opportunity to problem solve and to be creative. Yeah, I've definitely seen this with my boys. So for me, the fun example, I suppose, is that, um, you know, if you think you respect your children's ability to solve problems, try the challenge of sitting on your hands while they find the end of the sellotape roll and wrap a present without coming to the rescue and helping them do it. So for me, the whole sellotape gate moment was when Callum literally disappeared almost in a sticky roll mess. <laughs> um, and that for me was the turning point, the moment I realised how much I'd jump in and fix it for him. The moment really that I, I realised how much I'd, I didn't let them solve their own problems. It can be really frustrating to watch and it goes back to feeling uncomfortable with sitting with our children's difficult feelings. It can make us feel like, quite squirmy and a bit weird but something that I recommend to parents is just to notice when you would automatically do it and see how long you can last not jumping to the rescue how long can you sit on your hands and watch your child work it out for themselves oh it is yeah in treasure time I've definitely managed to uh, extend that for myself sitting on hands it's getting longer and longer and I, that's the that's the beauty of practice and something isn't it so Sophia how, how do you think we as parents strike the balance of say helping our children and letting them solve their own problems well I think you gave a really good example earlier when you're talking about let's say the the breakfast bowl at breakfast time and they want to pour the milk there is really a boundary that you could put there. You can help the child do it so that they're learning, but not allowing them to do it all for themselves so that they're going to make a big mess, which ultimately is going to cause more stress for you and for them because it's not really setting them up for success either. You know, if they're going to make a lot of mess, for example, I think ask yourself a couple of questions. If a child wants to solve a problem for themselves, first of all, is it time sensitive? If the answer is yes, so let's say we're getting ready to go to school, then definitely help them out. But the second question is, if you have time to let the child work out for themselves and it's not going to cause you extra stress, then I think you allow them the space to do it for themselves because they, they do need to learn. As, as we said, it is all about them developing their sense of independence. And we might feel a little bit mean, not jumping to their rescue immediately, but what we've got to to recognise is that we're helping them to work out how to do it for themselves when we aren't there. Yeah, it can be hard not to jump in and help solve. Totally, totally get that. Um, for our listeners, what does what does respecting the children's ability to solve problems look like in practice? Well, it, it looks like us literally sitting on our hands. Well, not literally. You you can literally sit on your hands. <laughs> you find it really, really difficult. <laughs> and 
just reflecting back the child's feelings. So you can say things like, it's really tricky, or you're trying so hard to work this out. And what we just have to do is be very mindful to keep our own difficult emotions in check and not let them override the child's opportunity to learn. And now this leads us on really nicely, actually, to giving the child enough space and time to do things for themselves. So sometimes it can be frustrating for us to see the child struggle, as we've already said, or that it's taking a long time to get something done. And sometimes what we can do is end up rushing children when they are trying to learn something new. Nicole, what's your take on this one? Yeah, don't, don't rush your child just sounds so simple and incredibly obvious and yet surprisingly difficult to actually do in practice. So when I think back to when my boys were babies and being on maternity leave, I recall it very vividly it taking till almost like 11am to get ready and out of the house some days. And I think, whoa, what on earth did we manage to do today except absolute basics, eat, play, nap, get ready, repeat. <laughs> It was actually a mission to do all of these basic things and we moved at the pace of the baby. You know, Callum and Harrison dictated the pace, especially Callum, the, you know, being firstborn. You, you move at, at, at the baby's pace and that is very slow and relaxed and not relaxed for the parents, obviously, but it's a slow pace. Then life and other commitments start to creep back into this little haven you've got. Um, during that say mat leave period and as they're growing up and they go through all the stages and then I'd say that kind of it feels like there's this massive tug of war going on massive big game of tug of war between what need could or should get done say all those things versus the pace of your curious little adventurer you know as they explore the world from their toddler stage right the way through to teenagers and as they get you know experimental in, in, in different ways in different settings ultimately it really feels like it's their own timetable more often than not versus ours as a parent that seems to me to be the cause of the main tensions that arise yeah so well it's not surprising really you you can't rush a baby to do things as they they can't do anything for themselves you yeah so you, you, as you say, you have to take it as the pace, at the pace of the baby. But it's like as soon as they start to be able to do things for themselves, we can rush them through whilst they're still learning without taking the opportunity to acknowledge that their own timetable is actually about them learning things and playing and developing. And sometimes it can feel like our timetable is more important because we've got more pressures, I guess, time pressures, lots of things to do and get done. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, how many times have we as parents heard older relatives or friends with children who are much older than ours say things to us like, oh, you enjoy these days, slow down, soak it all up, don't worry about keeping the house in order or whatever, you know, just enjoy your little one. And it is totally sound advice. And on one hand, it's not surprising, as you say, that those you know, fondest, happiest memories are those uh, lazy days. You can, can't see me, but I'm doing lazy in those inverted commas as um, those days are, are just, aren't a thing once you're a parent being lazy anymore <laughs> or relaxing, sitting down. But you, you get my drift. Um, it's those rare days, should I say, and like, you know, 
romanticizing the dewy spring, warm summer, colorful autumn, or, or that crisp winter, where there just is no agenda except family time with your children. And these often bring up such lovely, lovely emotions for us as we're all not trying to be lots to many. We're just really present and focused and enjoying the moment. Um, we're not rushing to get a list of activities longer than my arm done. And we're just often that being together. And it, it feels really, really good. I think this is kind of magical time when we can just be together in which we can learn the pace of our children. We can be like David Attenborough on a nature show, observing the children and just being curious about what is their pace and how much time do they need to get things done when you allow them themselves. And then you can factor that time in once you know the way your child operates, you can give them a little bit more time and space. So our job as parents is to create these containers of time that children have to get things done by managing the schedule, as boring as that sounds. If we can just set up the, the correct amount of time and space for our children, then we give them a real opportunity to learn and develop. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love the David Datton because sometimes I think mine are wild. <laughs> but um, it's really good advice listening to that because some of those, those moments, I would say, are the good that's coming out of this awful situation we're all in together with lockdown. You know, as some people are able to enjoy more family time. They're not doing, you know to our commutes, um, they're around for things like eating meals together, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, whereas they maybe only manage to do that at the weekends or they maybe only manage to do one of those things during the week and bedtime stories where both parents or, or, or mum or dad is there to be, to be really focused and um, not having to have done a hundred other things in a commute. So it's um it does throw up the situation we're going through now where the, it feels like you know the the whole world has been paused literally um throws up a big contrast to the lives we lead these days that you know is very very busy overscheduled and and full on um living like this well it's simply hard not to rush or hurry your children in that situation and it happens as little would get done otherwise right and if you're trying to have a very, very busy overpacked schedule. So I, th I think your point of actually allocating the right amount of time um, and container of time for, the uh, for your child is, is actually a, an incredibly obvious statement, but something sometimes is a basic that certainly I find difficult to do sometimes. So it maybe just doesn't get on the list. So it's, it's really good to bring it up and, and think about that. I mean, it's probably less relevant right now as we're homeschooling, but I, I don't know a parent out there that doesn't get, you know, struggle to get everyone up, fed, dressed, teeth brushed, out the door in time without a little fluster here or there. Or even some days, let's face it, complete chaos, you know, and I'll, I'll be really honest with you all listening, completely fessing up here. I used to resort to shouting and yelling pretty much every morning in a bid to get out the door and get to school on time. Like I honestly didn't. I, I didn't think there was another way to get out the house and I, I tried it. I'm pretty patient. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I tried that really hard, but I, I, um, I, I didn't manage it. And in fact, I think this was the point that got you and me talking, Sophia, right back when we first met about 
there being another way a couple of years ago, you literally sat around my kitchen table and we were having a meeting for, for the Clear Sky charity. And me thinking, Sophia's telling me there's another way, really pretty much unlikely. I don't think so. <laughs> she hasn't seen my two in the morning. Um, but I was desperately wishing that I, and wanting to believe Sophia and thinking, well, yeah, maybe there is, maybe there is. I'm going to, I'm going to get curious with Sophia and, and let's see where this takes us. And, and you were right, Sophia, and I'm so, I'm so glad that we experimented and, and, you know, started thinking more like a child, basically, in our approach. And I think everything you've helped me with, and we've wrapped into Treasure Time, you know, all the tips and advice that's been rolled into the Treasure Time course, it's, it has made all the difference to us. And our mornings are very, 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 rarely anything like they used to be. And it is a pleasure, you know, it's, it's a really nice thing. So once I discovered basically how long each of my boys needed for certain tasks in the morning, uh, like shoes and coats are an incredible 15 minute activity at our front door. Uh, you know, and that's the moment I used to think, well, we're, we're ready. Just walk out the door, slip on your shoes and walk out the door. But no, it takes 15 minutes at that point. And letting them take the lead and adjusting all the little things. Well, it, it just made a huge difference to the happy cam flow in our day. And it, it set, set out for a nicer day, not starting with, you know, stress and anger and frustration at each other, which is no fun for anyone, let's face it. Yeah. And I think if we think about our jobs as parents, as just setting up those little containers of time in which we can allow the child to lead, given time to solve their own problems, we can set ourselves up for success just by thinking about what they need beforehand and acting accordingly and giving them enough time. But if we never have enough time to reflect and be mindful about what our children need as little individuals and what their pace is, it's likely that life will be really stressful for them and for us. So it's, it's kind of like, as we said, being mindful and curious, learning what your child needs and then acting accordingly. Yeah, it's great. So Sophia, how do you think we as parents can still get done what we need to do? You know, cook, tidy up, the day job, the life admin chores and manage not to rush or hurry our children. You know, what, what's the solution to this kind of mind-boggling equation? How do we balance it? I know I am still working it out on, on lots of different levels. I think there's, there are two. The, the example that you gave earlier was absolutely brilliant, that you just need to factor in a bit more time for the tasks that you assume will take a minute. Like the things that will take you one or five minutes might take your children 10 or 15 minutes. So just giving them a bit more time. So being kind to yourself and giving yourself lots of wiggle room to get things done and setting yourself up to be successful as well. But also secondly, I think that it's really important that we give our children opportunities just to do free play. And when they're playing, they're working things out for themselves anyway. They're getting curious, they're using their hands, they're using their problem solving skills. So if we can give them the opportunity to play just for 30 minutes a week, it's actually going to be building all those skills anyway as well. So if we can play together with them, then that's, that's the ideal. And that's really what Treasure Time is all about. Fantastic. There's a re there is this real tug of war between, I guess, what is actual GMT clock and the children's internal clock. And what can it look like, do you think, in practice to feel like it's more of a win-win situation? Well, as I suggested, I, I do think put, factoring in sort of longish play times each week, 30 minutes, 
let's say, um, with your child each week is a really good way to help them learn those skills. When we're doing it outside and just in normal life, when we're peppering into our day to day, I think the thing that we just have to remember and be mindful of are the unspoken messages that we might be giving our children when we rush or hurry them or solve the problems for them. So an example might be when your child wants to put on their coat, they might desperately want to be able to do their coat up themselves. But if they never have enough time to work it out and you always do it for them, you might just be giving them an unspoken message that maybe is unhelpful. And that message might be, you can't or you're too slow. And so I think if we can keep that in our mind, you know, what unspoken message is my behavior giving to my child, then we might assess what's important and what's not right now. Is it really set time sensitive or is it really important that my child actually feels good about themselves and I can give them a little bit of extra time now? Yeah, that's so lovely. It's not just about a container of time. It's, it's that if I give that to my child, it's I'm giving them this opportunity to feel good about themselves. And I think when you start to, you know, put that second bit on to what you're thinking, it, it's just coming at it from a different angle, isn't it? It's so much more focusing on the child rather than and that outcome, rather than, you know, a list that you want to get done, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is important that we just also be kind to ourselves, but without thinking about it and reflecting on it, how are we supposed to do things differently? So that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Um, So if we want to think about a playful activity that helps children to develop problem solving skills, I'd highly recommend junk modeling for this week. So get your recycling box out, give your children a load of blank materials, sellotape, cardboard, egg boxes, toilet roll tubes, whatever you've got, and just sit on your hands, either literally or metaphorically, depending on what you need, and see how they use their problem solving skills to creatively make something. And they'll make something that looks like it's been made by a child. It'll be far from perfect, but that is exactly what you want. And now give yourself a child a good chunk of time container. So 30 minutes to an hour and just sit alongside them while they play and notice what's going on for you. Can your child actually do more than you give them credit for? Maybe you'll learn something. Take that David Attenborough role and see what you can learn about your child. Oh, as usual, I love listening to your really great advice, Sophia. The easy bite-sized tips, just perfect for us parents to try easily, you know, give them a go. So I hope people have lots of fun doing that. Yeah, me too. So we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Treasure Time, where we'll be giving you loads more brilliant content. We've still got to look at our, our next principles of Treasure Time, which are all around Um, holding boundaries and flexing rules, but we'll also be hearing from a parent who's doing treasure time so you can hear somebody else's experience of what it's like. Brilliant. Oh, boundaries and rules, uh, not my (laughs) favourite. That's the one I still have the most work to do around. (laughs) But it'd be great to um, hear from a parent who's just started their treasure time journey. It'd be fantastic. I can't wait to have them on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to tune into the next episode and we would love it if you could head over to iTunes to give us a five-star review and leave some nice words to help us reach more parents. We really hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you'll post a picture of your playtime this week. Be great to see what the children have made from your recycling boxes, fantastic junk models. Please tag us at Treasure Time UK and don't forget to add hashtag Treasure Time you'll be entered into a draw to win the Treasure Time course and a year's worth of membership to our exclusive Facebook community where you can access lots and lots of advice and weekly live Q&As with Sophia. 
Thank you so much and bye from us. See you next time. Bye. See you next week. This episode was produced by a podcast company. If you're thinking about making a podcast and changing lives just like the show you just heard, then make sure to drop me an email, jason at apodcastcompany.com. And let's see if we can help you like we've helped Treasure Time. Treasure Time.